Are you ready? Oh yeah! Let me tell you something, brother. If you're looking for the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be in the podcasting universe, then look no further than Ring the Bell, bringing you the best in the world at what we do, and what we do is take over the world of wrestling reviews, baby. Now, Ring the Bell. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Ring the Bell. We are finally, finally here. After all the flashbacks and the watch-alongs and the deep dives about this event and all the the week, the day after day, we've been saying we're closer and closer. The road is edging us closer. We are finally here. It's WrestleMania. I'm glad we're here. I'm I'm done. (laughs) It's been a long week. (laughs) Right, before we get into the nuts and bolts this episode, let's get the formalities out of the way. I'm your host, Andrew, with me, it's Martin. Oh. So, after NXT Prelude, so after WrestleMania Preview, after NXT UK Prelude, after NXT TakeOver Stand Deliver Night 1 and Night 2, we are finally here for WrestleMania. Now, very quickly, um, we did plan on doing a show to review Night 1 and a separate show to do Night 2. But it came to Saturday, it came to Sunday, and it was just, you know what? Let's just do one show today. Let's just do one big show. And hopefully, as the show goes on, we may get some new voices pop in. Um, so it won't just be us on this show today. Uh, it'd be like run-ins and dropping out and all sorts. It's going to be a, a revolving door, I think, I'm ringing the bell today, um, which is great. We're going to have lots of input. And we hope it's a great show. Let's kick things straight off. So we are, of course, at the Raymond James Stadium for the first show in over a year that WWE have put on where actual living, breathing fans are in attendance. Who would have thought it? There were cardboard cutouts. There were real fans. There was a lot of wind and lots and lots of rain. And <laughs> we got the unforgettable sight of Michael Cole and Samoa Joe wearing ponchos at ringside. Winded. <laughs> so night one, night one went on the air after all the video package and all everything else and the fireworks we went onto the air to Michael Cole telling us there's a delay in Wrestlemania starting not a great start <laughs> so what we got were a bunch of improvised promos which showed beyond a shadow of a doubt that you do not need to script promos because by and large the talent nailed it they knocked it out of the park on literally a moment's notice no planning, no scripts. It's just right. Cut promos. We've got to waste time, and they did it, and it was great. And it makes you think: Why are they scripting this stuff? Because these yeah. guys can do this. Yeah, I thought Bobby and uh, Drew were great. Mm. Yeah. You could tell Drew was so frustrated. He that he obviously he's in the opening match, and now he's got to wait even longer and even longer to get that first match entrance. Unfortunately, his was not the first entrance on. The card because we got the introduction from the co-host of WrestleMania, Titus O'Neil, oh, and Hulk Hogan, who got booed and they tried to cover it up. <laughs> and they, yep, they did indeed pipe uh, Thunderdome style boot, uh, cheers into the Raymond James, uh, or at least to the, the viewers at home. I don't know if they were if they were audible in the in the stadium. Um, but yeah, we we got Hogan booed, and Hogan came out with his main man tea, and they welcomed us to WrestleMania. Thankfully, they were gone again, and we could get things started with Drew McIntyre, Big Daddy Drew McIntyre, getting the pop he's been waiting over a year to hear. Yeah, although um, I think was it just before um, 
Titus and Hulk, or maybe it was just after, I can't remember. Obviously, uh, you had Vince welcome everyone. Of course, sorry, yes. Complete something of mine, it's been a long two days. So Vince yes. McMahon's on the stage with the entire roster, and Vince, bless him, such genuine human emotion that he could tell he's so happy to be in front of fans, and yeah. he did his like, welcome to WrestleMania, and it was just, to see Vince, like, be that overjoyed it was it was really endearing it was it was good to see what was also interesting to see is the lineup because you had vince at the front on his right he had you had steph and then trips on his left roman reigns and then his son shane like <laughs> roman's like the ultimate top dog in that company he's like he's the big dog but he's the top dog and he's the absolute number one guy yeah he truly has taken over as the new Cena now. He is. And it's it's been long overdue. <laughs> it has been long, long overdue. And they've they finally done it right when they allow Roman to do what Roman wants to do. Crazy. Right? Let, let the guy do what he knows he can do. There we go. Yeah. Okay, so on to the first match. Uh, singles for the WWE Championship. Drew, La- Drew McIntyre challenging the almighty WWE Champion Bobby Lashley. Uh, I really enjoyed this. Went nearly 20 minutes. Uh, it was just two big guys slapping meat and just hoss fight. And I'm all for that. Yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I was slightly surprised by the finish, but, you know. Slightly. <laughs> it, it, it is what it is, but I don't, you know, it was it was still a good match and it told a good story. And, uh, yes. <laughs> Um, unfortunately, the way you've just described it, the whole slapping me and that, unfortunately, I've just got an image of uh, a podcast, a New Day podcast recently, where Big E got asked about what his dream match is, and he was just like, yeah, I want a dream match against Goldberg. I don't want no 20-minute classic. I just want like seven minutes of two big men slapping meat to one another. another, No. So oh. the finish you spoke about uh, saw Drew line up for the Claymore and get distracted by MVP. Uh, he then got locked into the, the Hurt Lock and Lashley, by technical submission, won. Lashley beat Drew at Mania? Yeah. Obviously, Vince didn't want Drew to get that live pop of uh, winning the title. I mean, it's great. I'm, I'm all for Lashley retain the belt it's obviously it's just unexpected now the question yeah. is where do you go from here yeah i mean is there really an argument for a rematch i, I don't really think there is there's not now as was uh, announced on night two uh we have the next pay-per-view coming up is backlash sorry wrestlemania backlash which is fucking awful now yeah I, say, I, don't, I don't know how you get to a rematch from there. Drew lost pretty cleanly, you know, yeah. the distraction, but it was a clean, he didn't tap out, he passed out, but he still lost mm. clean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, a couple of things were noticed. Um, Bobby applied a couple of Kimura locks during the match. And he did. And a lot of people took that as a tease that we might be that little bit closer to Bobby versus Brock. What do you think? Yeah, why not? Obviously, we know at the same time, I think Bobby's wanted this match for a long time, but at the same time, Brock's not coming back until you get that live crowd. Otherwise, 
Personally, I just think he's wasted with the Thunder. Oh, he, oh yeah, he absolutely is. Yeah, you don't bring Brock in for the Thunderdome. You don't do it. But yeah, no, obviously, when it's safe to, yeah, by all means, book it. Uh, do do Brock versus Bobby. I'd say SummerSlam, but I just can't see Bobby holding the belt for another six months. No. I, I can't no. see that. Anything can happen no. on Ring the Bell. On the, on the show the other day, Ross showed up, like, you know, the part-time legend shows up for the main event. Well, this time we've got an, an intro, a run-in at the very beginning, because joining us for this WrestleMania review, it's Ali. How are we doing, chaps? Just call me our truth. Just appear just, <laughs> just in the middle of everywhere. 57-time, 24-7 champion. Absolutely. A record break on every week. <laughs> so we, we just started. Uh, we've just gone over the Lashley versus Drew uh, WWE Championship match with the shocking conclusion of Drew actually losing clean at WrestleMania. Yeah, um, I, think, I think we all predicted Drew, didn't we, for this mm-hmm. one? The story seemed to be going this way. So, I mean, I'm pleasantly surprised um, that they're going to stick with Bobby. So it's just, I, I mean, I don't know what you guys cover, but it's where you go with Bobby next. Are we giving Drew an immediate rematch? Or That's what we're saying. Stick? Where's the rematch? How do you get to a rematch? Like, he lost clean. That There's no argument. There's no, yeah. there's no gripe that a babyface could make. You know, yeah, he was distracted by MVP, but it it's not enough. Do you think it'll just be a rematch at the WrestleMania backlash, and then build something up in the meantime for ongoing? Uh, until Brock's back, which is the earliest SummerSlam when they're hoping to be fans. You ain't seeing Brock anytime soon, so it's they have to find someone from somewhere. Yeah, there's no one, no one on Raw really. What top line babyface are they on Raw to step up? Yeah. Okay. Uh, tag team title match, as we said, to crown where when the winners would be named the number one tenders for the women's tag team champions, and they would face the champions the following night on night two. Um, this was uh, in parts a mess. There were moves that were missed. There was hesitancy, but weirdly, I enjoyed this. It was fun. Um. Yeah, it was it was what you got from it, really, wasn't it? Like there was no, we didn't expect, you know, a five star match here. It was it was it was perfectly placed on the show. Um, it was setting up for for night two, obviously. I thought there's a couple of couple of mistakes through it all. Um, we got the Mandy slip, which was always fun. Um, not for not for Mandy, but it's like the the tightest on your one, you know, a few years ago. Yeah, so. but she's owned it on social media though. To, to yeah, her credit, absolutely. she's she's completely taken it under her wing. So. You know, credit for that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like whatever you say about these girls, like I think we said it last night on the when we were over Zoom. Like the, you've got the five, six, six ladies who are who are like the top echelon of women's wrestling, and and some of them are top echelon are wrestling. It doesn't just not necessarily women's wrestling. And then there's there is a massive gap for for some of these ladies, but they they do work extremely hard. And I mean, you see Lana constantly, you know, either at the performance center or or with Natty trying to just keep improving every week. So can we really fault them? I mean, they, they did their job very well. It was fun. We weren't going to get a five star match here. Um, we could probably disagree on the winners um, who should have got it, but at least they added credibility to the to the night two that was meant to be the the real threat to the champions. Martin, your view? Yeah, um, I'm very much of the opinion, like Ali said, you know, it was never going to be a five-star match, but, you know, for, for what they had to work with and that, I thought they put on a decent enough performance than that. Obviously, uh, 
from a selfish point of view, I think I'm done with Lana now. She screwed up my <laughs> she screwed up my predictions and that. Um, yeah, I sort of like thought that was a story going forward, but obviously with especially with Nia and Shayna having the belts, but obviously at the same time they have been teasing uh, the Tamina train. Uh, as, uh, oh, Chichu is leaving it. the station. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Is you know. They they did a, did a decent enough job. Um, obviously, there was a few mistakes, but um, yeah, overall, a, a decent enough outing for for the girls that were involved. And as we said, the train. To mean the train, she won. She won a match at WrestleMania. She pinned with a super fast splash, got the pinfall. Natty and Tamina go on to night two. We'll cover that a bit later. Match was fine. It was fun. It wasn't perfect. It was never going to be a five stars, as you both said. But it got it got the job done, and to me, the one at WrestleMania, and that for me, fucking brilliant, <laughs> just great. Right, talking of great, talking of brilliant. Up next, Cesaro taking on Seth Rollins. Cesaro's first ever, they tell us, WrestleMania singles match. Please put respect on Drew Gulak's name from last year. It was a pre-show, but it's still WrestleMania. It still counts for me. Cesaro and Seth. Wow. Yeah. Um... I, I thought this was a really good match. Obviously, you can make an argument for the main event later on. Um, there was nothing wrong with the main event whatsoever and that. But for me, personally, this slightly edged it. I thought this was match of the night. They they were just brilliant. And Cesaro is just incredible when, when they actually give him a chance. 23 rotations on the spin, uh, on the swing, sorry. So he beat his, his previous best. Seth looked good in defeat. Cesaro had to win. I think we, we said uh, on our chat, if Cesaro loses, he's done. But he had to win. Yeah. You, the story couldn't allow Cesaro to lose. He had to win. He did win. Ali, your view? Yeah, I wasn't. I said this to you last night when we were talking about it, and I think you were shocked. I wasn't as high on it as, as you guys, and it's certainly not as, as Ross. I thought it was a, it was a good match. Um, you could, for me, I could maybe ar- take the argument that it was like good to great, but I, I expected much better from both guys. Um, I've been really disappointed with Seth for for months now. Like real, he's in the Charlotte category for me now. I'm just, I'm almost over him. Um, he needs, he needs a rapid change. I don't, and I don't know what to. But I mean, Cesaro's Cesaro's great. We got to see the hits. I'm glad he got his win. I'd love to see him get a proper push and continue it being... I mean, we can't see him taking anybody taking the title off Roman anytime soon. So, I mean, even if he gets a title match and maybe that's where they're going to go next because, again, where do you go next for Cesaro? I mean, if you're beating Seth, that's already at that upper echelon as well. Like, you can't go down to, like, no no offence, but Seth's almost above the IC title, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you kind of answered my question to follow up what you said. What what do you change about Seth? Uh, something's not right. Something's not right. Something's, something's missing. Since he returned, he's kind of aimless. Even this feud feels kind of aimless for him. What do you change about Seth to make him into that sort of top echelon guy again that takes him out of the Charlotte category? I, I, I don't know because he's had his time off screen as well. So we can't say it's just seen too much. I think the, the Mysterio feud just messed with everybody. It just it didn't do do anybody any favours. We got a couple of good matches with, with Dominic, obviously, and Seth, but 
I mean, do you try and turn them turn them babyface for a bit? Um, but they, I feel they missed their chance when he came back from the injury. You know, that was built in to be a proper babyface. But they did. Yeah, they did the throw babyface turn. I don't think. I don't think it worked purely because I think the turn had to happen because of Mania coming up. I, I think if it wasn't Mania season, he might have started as a babyface and carried on. Martin, what do you think? Um, yeah, just obviously right. What both of you have already said, uh, you know, something's not right with Seth. You know, it does need a change. Um, obviously, to what I don't think I could honestly tell you, but he needs. I, I think personally, he needs like a complete character revamp. Obviously, him coming back at the Rumble, that was potentially the chance to sort. You know, this is the new Seth Rollins or whatever. But obviously. Initially, he sort of came back as the Messiah and then it sort of like changed again slightly to sort of a mixture of both on the following SmackDown. But but yeah, yeah, something needs to change with Seth, but I can't put my finger on what. Uh, with WrestleMania Backlash coming up, do you see a rematch just to keep these two guys ticking over until they can work out what they're going to do with either man? Yeah, I think it makes sense to do it. I mean, you're not you're not going to get a bad match out of the two of them. So if you can build it up, I mean, Seth can play that whiny, you know, the whiny complaining heel for for the next. I think that they say it was five six weeks away for for backlash. So it's a long time to build. You know, they've got they've got time to to build a a cohesive storyline which doesn't feel like oh we're just tacking this together because we have nothing else to do. They have yeah, time. I mean, you could almost give them a couple of like tag matches or a couple of wins against each other. You know, in the SmackDowns coming up, and maybe accumulate it with a, a steel cage match or an old bar match. Are we like talking just, the best of seven series here? Maybe. Yeah, something like that. I mean, both good enough to give you those type of matches. And then, as long as you can get a really good payoff at the end, um, I think that would be excellent. A bit like the the Sheamus Cesaro one from a few years ago before they became a team. I, I think you could do the same here, and maybe this is the way you could get Seth to change um, by That's the end a- of it. That, that's the question. Like, does Seth have does Seth have enough variation in his arsenal to legitimately carry a best of seven series? In ring, yes. Personality wise, is where I feel he struggles. I think in ring you could get a best of seven matches. It's just whether or not you can get a really good characters, especially now with no, you know, with no authority figures there apart from Adam Pearce sort of thing. Um, but okay, in ring, yeah, he's obviously very, very good. But without the match being the same every time, does Seth have enough variation to make the match? Like, does he have multiple finishes, for example? So not every yeah. match, every time he wins, okay, he's going to get the stomp or he's going to do this. Like Cesaro has the sharpshooter, he has the neutralizer, he has a multiple rotation big swing. Like you could switch up how how Cesaro picks up a few wins in the best of seven. Does Seth have that same? flexibility where he can hold his end up in a potential best of seven series overview. I, I feel he does. I mean, when you think, of, go back to the, the Tyler Black, you know, from pre-NXT and then NXT Seth, that Seth was like one of the most sought after indie guys around at the time. So surely we could just delve back into that. But he's now, he's, he's almost done that stereotypical WWE thing. You know, he's got his set move list. And he, d- he doesn't change it. Like that, that's his hits. And as you say, Cesaro's that bit more creative as well when it comes to, you know, the flying uppercuts and the swing and the, the neutralizer. And I mean, 
Seth's got the stomp, obviously, the, the pedigree, but surely he could, maybe that's what it might take for someone like Seth, maybe create a new finisher and get it over. He's good enough in ring. Silly as it may sound for Seth being a multi-time world champion and of he's still young and he's got a future there still, is Seth at a crossroads already in his career? Look, what to do? What to do with him? Where do you go with a Seth Rollins? I, I guess that's probably the issue when you go, like, when Seth, Seth came onto the main roster, he got put into, you know, the most popular group that we've seen in recent years who went right to the top. And then when they broke off, he went right to the top with Triple H. So once you're at that that height, he, he couldn't go any higher. So, I, I, maybe, yeah, he's probably a victim of his own success already, that he got so high so quick. It, it might take a while, maybe a few years, you know, mid-card and below, like on, on the shows. Not that he's a mid-card fighter, but, you know, just storyline-wise, for him then to be built back up to be, you know, a main eventer again. Martin, if you're booking the perfect world, where do you go with Cesaro at WrestleMania Backlash? A Seth repeat, or do you push him higher to a total match or something else to keep him going along but escalate, but elevate at the same time? Where do you go with him? Um, I'd, I'd be happy with doing like a series matches against uh, Seth. I think that would work out quite well with him. Obviously, the problem you got with Cesaro is obviously... You know, we're we're all big fans of him, but the problem is, you know, he he's going to get that shot at some point. But at the minute, I don't think people would like actually believe that. You know, he, you know, he may actually take down like you know a Roman Reigns oh, or God, no. someone like that and win the belt and that. But yeah, obviously beating Seth that has hit a standard and that and. Yeah, I'd. Yeah, obviously you you've got to like keep him above like the Seth standards now to an extent. Um, I say I'll, I don't know whether you like slowly tease the option of Roman and sort like you know maybe get Cesaro involved with Jey Uso, possibly and like have a bit of rivalry there. But um, I'll be fully on board for a series of matches against Seth. Do like a best of five or whatever. Okay, we'll see where um where it comes coming out of this. Up next, uh, tag team uh, championship on the line from Raw. It was the New Day defending against AJ Styles and the in-ring debut in Omos. Um, the result was pretty much never in doubt. I think predictions mostly favoured AJ and Omos winning. But the big question is, and I'll ask both of you, uh, Martin, first, uh, Omos's debut, we said it'll be good or bad. There'd be no middle ground. What do you think about what we saw, limited though it was, from Omos? Yeah, um... Personally, I think that obviously he had, you know, your generic big man moves that he showcased uh, as limited as his actual interactions were. But at the same time, he didn't do anything wrong, I think. And, you know, there weren't any botches or potential injuries and that. So I think overall you you, you could class it as a success. Um, Obviously, He's in there with AJ. AJ could make a bloody a mop look outstanding. You know, AJ's just that talented and that. Um, but yeah, no, I think overall it, it was a success having Omos in there. There, there were no real red flags. Uh, 
Ali, do you think this uh, debut was done by design and the fact that we didn't see a lot of Omos, does that mean that there isn't a lot to see and what we saw was pretty much all he's got? I, I, I'd say he's probably got a little bit more um, because he, he did look quite, for a big man, quite smooth. Everything he did was quite impactful and, as you say, it was limited. I think I think it was very clever. I think they, they've got the perfect tag team partner in AJ. As Martin says, you put AJ in there with a broom and you, and you probably get a better match than, than most of the roster can put together. And we, I think we were all quite critical of the, the Hurt business, obviously splitting up and losing the titles a few weeks ago. But when you see this match now put together, it was the right decision because you needed Woods and, and Kofi in this match because I don't think any other opponent sell as well, the facial expressions, the, the commentary through the match before it almost came in. This match was this match was great. This would, might have been my second favourite match on the card. Um, I, I think, yeah, they de- they've definitely protected them and we'll see where we go from here. But I, I, I just thought that, that the match was set up brilliantly and if he, if he doesn't improve and I'm wrong, you know, at least he's had a, a really good showing at WrestleMania. How long do you think they're all happening? Again, if you're booking our review, where how long would you keep the belts on on AJ and Omos? Is if this is a waste of AJ? He should be doing more. But while you're trying to work out what he's going to do, is this better than nothing at this point with him at the moment? I mean, would you would you not say? Well, in my thing, I mean, Omos is first feud and AJ's next feud is going to be with each other. You know, it's going to be the the Shawn Michaels Diesel split. Maybe. I don't know. I, I can see them maybe retaining it at Backlash and maybe losing on a Raw or the, the following pay-per-view sort of thing. And then it leads to them probably between after Backlash, maybe between that and the next pay-per-view. And it leads to AJ and almost and that'll be almost his first singles match. Um, and that'll be, again, protecting him again because AJ can make him look good and build him. And then that'll be the test from, from then onwards, you know, peak SummerSlam, give him some sort of feud. But I guess he would probably need... Do you really want a big man to be big man? But yeah, I think I think that's the way I would go. Get through backlash, give them a six to eight week title reign, uh, make them look good in that. You could, you know, AJ can take the pin, or almost could take the pin. AJ can blame them. They almost like belittling them in a way, and almost turns into the the good guy because AJ's such a good heel just now as well. And uh, you know, fans could get behind almost as well. As like AJ keeps blaming him for stuff, but I think something along that way. I think AJ needs definitely needs to be his first singles feud because again, AJ can carry any limitations he may have. I suppose if they do the feud and and it doesn't work out, it will show very early doors that okay, that it is Omos because AJ we know how good he is. So you know, if it doesn't look or Omos doesn't work in the ring, it might be okay. Right, we'll cut him loose. We'll put him back to NXT or development or whatever. If he can't, if he can't work back in the day, it's how the Sean Waltman thing was. You know, X Park was kind of like the gatekeeper, yeah. Um, and Chris Hero more Monday than XT before he left. Like you put the new guys against these people, and if they look good, well, they should look good. Doing the ring, if they look bad, they can't be very good. If you're in the ring with AJ and you don't look good, that's probably a reflection on you. And does that mean I've got a lot of faith in Omos, or is it he's just big? We'll take a chance. He's our new Kevin Nash that works out. Um, I think following probably, the template of the Sean Diesel thing, obviously that that, that you referenced, yeah, it's probably more a hope than than faith because I mean, you, you don't get that guy like guys that size very often who want to come into this business, um, or make it as far as WWE. So if he can prove better than 
Cali and Cali did a lot for them. So if you can get, you know, be a bit more mobile than that, a bit big show esque, and can get someone. As you say, he was in NXT, which is great. It's been proven to to learn, bring them along, and he's been put with the right guy. Like we can't highlight enough how important AJ is to that company. Um, as you mentioned, you know, there's gatekeepers around the world, and like for who who if you can work with him, you know, you'll do okay. Savio Vega was another one. You know, back in the day, that was. If you want to get a guy fit back from injury and get them ring ready, Savio. So I think AJ will be that one. And is is there is there a loss to it? You know, if it doesn't work in six months, and you can put him back to NXT or you can you can let him go. I mean, he'll, he'll get work because of his size, even with limited ability. So I think there's no downside for WWE here. Um, before we move on, Martin, New Day, uh, obviously 11-time tag champs as it is. Uh, where'd you go now? Big show, big show. Big E was the, the natural split as a singles run. Kofi's had his singles run with Kofi Mania. Mm. What do you do with the New Day now? Honestly, I'm not sure. Because obviously, like you say, Kofi's had his singles run. Um, you know, I, I like Woods, but, you know, is. Is he ready to go off and have his own singles run? Probably not. Yeah, right I don't now. see him as a single. And that's no knock on him, but I don't see him as a, as a single. Yeah, I mean, obviously, part of the problem, you know, breaking the third wall here, um, obviously, too many people remember him as uh, Consequences Creed in TNA. And so, you know, that's the image that people have got of him as a singles wrestler. Um I'd probably keep the new day going for a little bit longer. Um, whether you possibly use them, maybe bring up a tag team from NXT, and so you know, use the new day as like gatekeepers for the for the tag team division. You know, let's see if these guys can pass the pass the bar on that. So yeah, I think I think that's. Uh, sort of where you go with the new day for the time being. Um, what do you think, Ali? I I just keep them together. Um, they're, they're, they're one of the few in WWE that don't actually, you know, they're never hurt whether they win or lose. Like, we don't, we, they don't need the tag team titles. They didn't need them here off the, the hurt business. But for the storyline, I don't think the hurt business, as I said, in the, the match analogy, do the same job for AJ. Like, I mean, Woods talking through, talking to AJ when they cut off the ring. You know, like, AJ, you're not a tag team wrestler. You know, this is this is called cutting off the ring. You should try it. Um, they, they're just they're just funny together. They're entertainment. If you want a feel-good moment, you give them the titles back in three weeks' time down the line. Uh, they're a credible tag team. They're, they're, I still think the three of them are better together, but for Biggie's push, absolutely split them on different brands. But what I liked is they didn't split them up. Um, as such, and, and they can just continue to do that. Just, just keep being the new day. Kofi's never going to get another singles run, I don't believe. As you guys said about Woods getting a singles run, I can't see it. Maybe a, a US title. He, I mean, he deserves it. He's he's great in ring, and you could just have Kofi almost on the sideline. You know, just giving them singles matches as such. Woods is another one who can make any singles guy look good. So if you wanted to put a a run together. Um, but yeah, yeah, just keep them together. Even if it, if it was Kofi having singles matches, Woods on the outside with that trombone is just it's entertainment. I, I can watch the New Day all day long, uh, and I, I hopefully, hopefully never change and they never split up. 
yeah, I do think they're a team now that they won't split up. They'll always be, even if they do have singles runs or part-time yeah. singles runs for the sake of a story, like, you know, Kofi had his run a couple of years ago. Biggie's got a run at the moment, but they can go back together as a, as a trio and then one can split off, but they'll always be, they, they, they won't turn each other. You won't dissolve like the Shield did and then yeah. go back and back and forth. They'll always be a unit that can temporarily split up for storylines and plot lines. And I like that. It's it's quite unique that they've got the option to all. And as you said, a, a feel-good moment. We need a tag total change. New Day can do it. They're established. They're safe. Yeah. It's credibility, whatever they do, isn't it? They're just, again, I, I always use the word Teflon for certain individuals. And, and the New Day are Teflon. You know, if you want, even like, if you needed a, you know, a, a really an interim um, tag team champion, an interim, like, raw champion because Bobby's hurt and, I don't know, especially in COVID times just now, say, like, if you put Kofi on it, nobody's going to argue against it, if you know what I mean. Same way if you need the US champion, you could put Woods on it and yeah. you'd have the two of them together, you know, and there's that, it's just, it's just a, they're just that full good team that you really, for me, you can't afford to, to break up. Okay, up next, onto the steel cage match where Braun Strowman fighting the corner of all the super people worldwide against the biggest bully in the world, the best in the world, Shayna Mack. Before we get into this, we all saw WrestleMania Night 1. Why was Shane so sweaty in his interview before Mania started? What was he doing? Why was he so red? I'm worried about the man's health. He, he ain't right. All he did was stand on the stage, look happy, walk backstage, and the guy's sweating buckets like he's run a marathon. Big sweaty Shane. I think it's time for Shane to to hang it up. I mean, he shouldn't be wrestling. Correct. The problem is, he then goes and does a cage match, which, against all logic, wasn't bad. And Shane did what Shane had to do. He got yeah. beat up. He took a big bump. This was this is why we used to like Shane McMahon, because he did stupid stuff. He fell from really great heights. And he always got what he deserved. Yeah, like uh, again, it's, it's, this is for me. I mean, I'm sure we'll come on to it later on when we just discussed. This is why night one was for me the best night. Um, all matches had a reason; they did their job. You know, there was nothing, not none really let us down. A bit like the women's tag, you know, turmoil match. It it was perfectly placed. Same with this one. You know, we got to see some big bumps. Um, my only criticism and critique of it was just the stupidness of Bronze Roman. But it's a cage match he won, it didn't matter. But yeah, Shane took Plus a big he is stupid. So, you know, well, he's just the biggest, the biggest yeah, stupid he's person. Fighting for a lot of stupid people. Yeah. But yeah, Shane look, Shane took his big bump. That'll be him till next year's WrestleMania. You know, we'll see bits and pieces. And yeah, I mean, as you say, it done its job. I mean, I don't think it helped Braun in any way. But yeah, I wouldn't say it built brought up born up for another total run. It's I don't Braun could have done something else, anything else other than this. It, it didn't gain anything for anyone. It just wasted time on TV and annoyed all of us watching. But it's over yeah. now. We hope. WrestleMania <laughs> backlash on the horizon. Maybe Shane still thinks Braun's stupid and they go one more time. Martin, what do you think? Maybe Shane's gonna take him back to school. Oh god, so I can see the segments now. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it was what it was. You know, the 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 match was passable, and that obviously 
you know, there were there were a few stupid moments where what happened just didn't make sense slightly, but yeah, it sort of served its purpose and that, and yeah, sort of fine. But yeah, I'm I'm happy to not see Shane again for a few months, but at least if not until Rumble next year, but we'll just have to wait and see what what they got planned for us. Do you think Shane will actually take some time off TV now? Because I think he'd still end up going back on to... I think he'll still be around. I don't think we're that lucky. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. And obviously, depending on what happens in the next few months, whether whether or not we get another Saudi show, maybe Shane will sort of go like, you know, oh, I wouldn't mind doing one of them, Dad. You're going to let me do it. You're going to let me do it. And sort of, you know, he can have a pointless match against whoever. We actually we, we briefly touched on this on the the Zoom call we did last night. Um, do you see another Saudi show happening this year, if it is at all? There's been talk about the relationship being fractured between the country and WWE, and obviously with with current uh, guidelines stopping travel anyway for those sort of shows. Do you see Saudi shows still being a thing? Uh, me personally, I see its purpose financially. But for me, I've never really been that invested in the Saudi shows. And uh, I'm going to try and not go off too much on a tangent here. But uh, all I'll say is The Fiend and Goldberg and leave it at that. That's a pretty good place to wrap up a conversation about the Saudi shows. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, up next, semi-main event. And for me, the the biggest shock of the entire weekend, maybe the whole entire year. Uh, or many years, in fact, because we got our latest entrant into the celebrity wrestling involvement of WrestleMania history. Bad Bunny uh, against all the the naysayers and the doubters and all the criticisms about his involvement. Uh, obviously, showed up at the Rumble and he's been pretty much a, a, a mainstay on every single show, week in, week out, at the Thunderdome. And we got his wrestling debut. And, well, what is there to say? Oh. I personally thought he was outstanding. He far exceeded probably anyone's expectations. And uh, obviously we discussed this over the weekend. He's got to be the best celebrity that they've ever had coming yes. to the ring. Yeah. And we, we, we'll throw this out. And obviously if you have any ideas, uh, if you, th- you know, suggestions, we'll give you contact details, contact details at the end of the show. But we had a, a brief discussion on the Zoom call last night and we were trying to think about Ronda Rousey. She was already an athlete. She was a fighter. That's not the same. Uh, Stephen Amell was an actor, so that would count. Lawrence Taylor was a football player, so he already was an athlete. Bad Bunny is a singer. He's a yeah. you know he he has no athletic sort of you know, sport that he's currently playing as a background, which gives him a leg up over a lot of people. This guy's come in to plug a song and plug an album, whatever he did. He then moves to Florida trains at the PC for five hours a day, four or five days a week, and does this at WrestleMania, He's this This is a new benchmark for celebrities. Hands down, this is the best celebrity I've ever seen in a wrestling ring. Yeah, without a doubt, he, he, he was really, really good. And uh, it was nice to see as well, even, even the wrestlers backstage. I mean, you had Orton, of all people, turn around and go, you know what? I don't care what anyone says. Bad Bunny is a WWE wrestler now, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, I'll end my bit on 
Canadian destroyer. His timing was great. He sold well. His punches looked good. Cena still can't throw a punch. Uh, you've got... he. The biggest thing for me is he was so good that Miz and Morrison didn't have to dumb down how they present themselves to, to keep it looking good. They could work their normal style around how good he was. I, I can't say enough good things about him. Ali, did, do you think the same or did you have a different view on it? No, com- completely agree. Um, I was... <clears throat> I think anybody who, who was probably down on him and was criticising WWE for having him will, will definitely wake up this weekend with, with egg on their face because like, we can all see a point in celebrities coming in. But I, I think Bad Bunny has now set a benchmark that I think WWE now need to say, well, look, if we're paying you this money and you want to come in, you know, these are the standards. We're not, not that high, obviously, for every single one. But if you want to come in and, and take something off these wrestlers and take time off, this is, you know, this is the benchmark for us. And as you say, like the Miz and, Miz and Morrison didn't dumb down to them. The one I feel sorry for out this whole match was Priest because but, but, but this was meant to really to showcase Priest, you know, getting this, this the push to the main roster and a WrestleMania spot and Bad Bunny looked better than him in this match. He was he was just incredible. And again, I, I mentioned to you last night and the MVP and, and almost the GOAT of WWE is the Miz. Like the Miz just... Get him in the Hall of Fame now. Don't care. It's not the end of his career. He's just he, he is the man. And and yeah, what he, what Bad Bunny achieved here. I, I I hope we see more. You know, leading up to backlash. I mean, I don't know what his commitments are, but I, I I'm not against seeing a wee bit more of him and getting another, even possibly a singles match with Miz. As you said, egg on a lot of people's faces. Um, Sunday morning when they woke up and, and saw that or Saturday night when they were watching it, fully deserved all the praise he gets. The guy just. Any expectations were far, far, far exceeded. Okay, main event of night one, SmackDown Women's Championship. Bianca Belair challenging Sasha Banks. Straight off, we'll say, uh, Ali, is this your match of the night? Was this as good as people, you think as good as people say it was? What was your view on this? Yeah, yeah match of the weekend. Um, spoiler for, for when we come on to talk about night two. This was exquisite. You know, this is women's match at, the, at its finest. Um, I think, like the Ross put it in in our WhatsApp group, obviously that his his opinion, Sasha's the the greatest wrestler of all time, and I have to agree. I mean, this was just a pinnacle performance. My my only criticism of her from this match, and this is how nitpicky I've had to be just to find a criticism of Sasha, is to see her smiling at the end of the match when she was trying to sell. She was trying to sell, but she was so happy for Bianca and the celebrations that she couldn't stop smiling as it was happening. Um, but you know it doesn't take you out the moment. It just I'm, I'm smiling now at the thought. Just such a good match. Forget it's been a women's match. This was just a great match, and um, that that hair whip as as will come on, and we'll, everybody's surely seen the picture now of the of the the red welch across Sasha's ribs. Just just excellent. You know, just I thought Sasha put Bianca over brilliantly, and I was never a huge Bianca fan. Um, and I didn't like the story, and this might have been the worst build-up of all the matches. This might have been the worst going into Mania, but by God, did they deliver? I'm the same. I've not been 100% on Bianca since obviously she debuted on the main roster at Mania last year, and it kind of just fell by the wayside. And they've kind of reheated her this year. And yeah, the build-up's been awful. The Reginald staff, and it was so easy, and they blew it as per. 
but this match just made you forget about all of the build-up for the last six to eight weeks and they delivered a worthy main event match and as yet yeah, you said it i'm sure martin before the same way we're here if you've used in a second um like sasha was there to do one thing and that was to make bianca look that good look as good as she did and put her on that same level sasha's safe sasha has that has got that position locked she needs others along with her and she's got Bianca up on that level now. I mean, we I think Ross fact-checked for me last night when I told you the start. Sasha's 0-6 and six at WrestleMania. Some of those losses are, are a disgrace, you know, and, and Sasha definitely hasn't got... We, Me and you are quite the same. I think Martin and Ross are kind of agreement that Sasha gets pushed far too much. Hey, not Sasha, Charlotte, sorry. You know, she's the she's the golden child. And Sasha's almost like that ginger stepchild who never really gets the the run she deserves. I feel I feel every time she gets the title, she loses after a week normally. I don't think she had defended. I, think, I, mean, I, I might be mistaken, but I think this was the first time she ever successfully da- defended her title run, title in the run. So Yeah, because that was the story for that match, the fact she always loses. So yeah, she actually took her this long to successfully defend the championship. So you, you can kind of I mean, we, we, we don't know, we weren't there, but you could kind of understand the frustration in tantrums on how things are going when she's that good. And she's such a wrestling fan as well. I mean, we all know the story of how she idolises Eddie and, you know, the trunks and the matches she had in NXT. And I, I, I genuinely feel she's been used wrong on the main roster, which is mad to say because she has quite had, you know, prominent roles. But I always feel like she's always there just to make everybody else look good. Even for the Beckys and the Charlottes and the Baileys. Just this was her time to shine and she got a, a good little run here and she got to put over and it looked like she wanted to put over Bianca here. So I, I'm delighted for it. As I say, for me, she's the greatest woman wrestler that, that I've seen and and we'll have and I think she can only go on to greater things. She obviously had the Mandalorian run this year as well. So she's now getting opportunities out with WWE. So I think WWE will need to be careful as well of how they use her because she's not as reliant on wrestling anymore. Because as you know, being a, a Marvel fan as well, Andrew, like once you get into that Disney Marvel universe, you know, you can be very successful outside the ring as well. Exactly. Uh, right, Martin, that's what we think. Obviously, you got our head off in a second, but before you go. What did you think? Uh, women's title, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. What was your view of that match? I thought it was a really good match. Told a really good story. Obviously, Sasha made Bianca look incredible. Uh, obviously, we had the you know backstage rumours and you know her potentially playing up after the tag title loss. But um, whether that's true or not, you know, I'm not here to say that. But Sasha, you know, if that did happen last year, Sasha really redeemed herself last uh, last uh, the other night. Um, yeah, really good match, and my God, that hair whip! <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, incredible! And yeah, my, my only criticism of the whole thing was more the production team and that. Obviously, after the match, you had the big celebrations and that and everything. And then Michael Cole pretty much just cut us all off and went, all right, cheers, guys. We'll see you tomorrow night. And then we find out, like a few hours later, like, you know, Montez Ford came out to the ring and, you know, celebrated with his wife. And then they had like a little moment in Gorilla and that. And it's just like, why not showcase that? You know, let's see those raw emotions. 
They say that for documentaries now. They don't show it to us live on the pay-per-view. They save it for the 24s and the Chronicles and the Days Off and stuff like that. Mm. Right, uh, Martin, you got to head off. Um, thank you for joining us for, for night one of, of this part of the, the podcast. Um, Martin, but very soon. But for now, thank you. It's been a pleasure, guys. Enjoy the rest of uh, the show. Okay, so Martin has departed, and that's um, co- uh, conveniently the end of night one of WrestleMania. So let's move into night two. Uh, thankfully, uh, the weather was not as bad the following nights. There were no delays on this occasion. And we get straight into it with the opening match. And it was something. Uh, Randy Orton taking on The Fiend, who made his grand return, uh, returned in his same attire with a new creepy-looking mask. And then lost to one RKO. What the fuck was this? Yeah, that's that's my thought. Um, let's start with the positives, right? The the Fiend's entrance was brilliant. From where he went Absolutely. from the burnt, the burnt thing inside the box to walking through and turning into like the the Fiend with the new mask and Alexa coming out and the Jack in the box. Brilliant. Loved every single minute of it. Big box, appeared from nowhere. Randy's gear looked great, but not for Randy Orton. White, like, just didn't make any sense. And then, yeah, we come to the match. And it was more of a wrestling match, I think. You, you'll agree, Andrew. It was more of a, you know, move match than we were expecting. So, I thought after a squash or just a brawl, I didn't expect an actual worked match. Yeah, well, it, made, it, oh, it makes no sense, really, huh? along with, uh, you know, he's just burnt the fiend to, to Chris. Yeah, here's the fiend wanting to wrestle him. But anyway, we got what we got. And then, yeah, I described the lights go out. Did the lights go out? Yeah, the lights went out. And then Bliss was on top of the the box where the, that oily stuff coming down our face, distracting the fiend, and Randy Orton hits her with a pin, and then the lights go out, which made you think that something was going to happen later on almost. And the worst thing about it is, not only did nothing happen, but they replayed almost the full thing in entirety. Even though it went off the air with booze, like that segment. It just... I I, I don't know. I, I obviously expected Alexa to turn on Bray at some point, you know, because she would become normal again. But this isn't normal either, because she's got oil coming out of her face. So I'm not sure I see this, because it's... Let me rephrase this. I was going to say that I don't know if they can redeem themselves. Because of the situation that The Fiend is, you know, that horror movie character, they they can do whatever they want and make it fun the next time. But this has left a really sour taste in my mouth, and I I think you agree with me as well. Yeah, I mean, they're back in the Thunderdome. Sorry, the Thunderdome tonight, so they can get back to pre-production. They can do everything they want to within the confines of, of recording and stuff like that. So they can do a really wacky supernatural angle which in their mind will right the wrong of WrestleMania. But if you take WrestleMania as a singular event with, without any outside context, the Fiend returned from being burned alive and he lost against the man who burned him alive. That I don't get that. Like you could have him beat Orton and then Bliss can do the, the oil thing down the face and out the box. Sorry, the box like structure, according to Michael <laughs> Cole. Uh, it's a box for fuck's sake, Michael. It's a box. So it's like, you you can't say the word box like it's box like it's a fucking box. Anyway, this yeah I, you could have done this many ways and I don't get why Orton had to beat the fiend with one RKO. I, yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's so clean. It's not it's not the fact that Randy won. 
you know, it was the fact that it was so clean. Yeah, there was a distraction, but it was one RKO. You know, it's not like he trapped him under something after the distraction or, you know, there was weapons involved. It was a singular RKO on the Fiend, who then literally not even 10 seconds after Randy left the ring, he was up pointing at Alexa. Yeah. It's like, I mean, just to derail it, like, Everybody was really critical of AEW after that explosion match. Rightly so. Awful. AEW did a really good job to, to cover it and make it, you know, make a story out of it. But it doesn't take away from what you remember. And it's the last thing you remember is always, no matter what, is what you'll take away from that. And unfortunately, it was on the grandest stage of the wall, as they say. For me, it's ruined months of great work from Randy Orton, no matter what happens here. It's, it's just left a, such a sour taste in my mouth. And everybody who was a fan of it, it's like we've defended it against, you know, the wrestling purists for months. And now we look like the idiots. Even if they, they, they shoot some blockbuster angle, it still feels like it's two step forward, multiple steps back on this. Yeah. And it was really, really, really avoidable. But again, it's all part of a story, you know, it's it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's so we'll maybe give benefit of the doubt and see how it plays out on Raw tonight. If indeed there is any follow-up to it and you don't think there is, we can maybe then evaluate our views. But in the context of WrestleMania as a show, as a one match, really, really strange, confusing, disagreeable booking. Okay, up next, the Tamina train. Choo-choo, it rolls on. We have a women's tag team championship match. Nia and Shayna against Natalia and Tamina. I really wanted to like this because I want this to be Tamina's grand moment. And you could have switched the belts because really who cares about the women's tag team titles at this point now with all due respect to the, to the women, because they're so underutilized the belts and the, the, the talent that it's just, did this need to be 14 minutes long is really what I'm saying. Despite the talent in there, did this have to go as long as it did? Absolutely not. No. I mean, this, this this went double the time that Apollo and Big E went. This went longer than Sheamus did. This was the second longest match on the card. Yeah, it's 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 a really scary time when you, you know, when you give out the numbers like that. It's just, I think you said it last night when we were watching Andrew that couldn't we have had the turmoil match on on Raw or SmackDown, whatever one, and then have the you know the main match last night instead. Yep, it, it feels like. To have got like, how did Natty and Tamina have you know 14 minutes in them after a supposed grueling match, you know, on night one? It again, just for storyline wise, I don't. If you think logically about that, I would have liked to have seen that come into play. Um, and it, it just wasn't a great performance. This, you know, we we spoke about the the turmoil match being, you know, it was at least it was a bit of fun and it had a job to do. I honestly don't know what this one brought, and I, I hate being really negative because I'm sure the girls worked their butts off, but it just, if this was a one-night thing, this would have been like the, the toilet break or the, the snacks break. It was just, yeah, it wasn't for me. Um, Shayna picked up the win, um, causing Natty to tap out or to pass out to the submission, and, yep, the champions remain. I don't know where they go from here. This felt like the time to switch it. They, they've pushed Tamina and Natty so much for the last four weeks yeah. and made them genuine threats. And then they blow it on the big stage. I, I don't... Well, even the, the Paul Heyman uh, talking smack segment, you know, basically telling Natty, look, stop whining, get on with it. 
it, it really felt like that's the way they were going. And and you put it, it was when you and Martin were doing the review of it. I think it was you and Martin, yeah. And mm-hmm. I think you made some really valid points as well. You know, the, as you say, the push for Natty, Natty's not going to get a, a, a title run again. You know, she's had her chances there. And I'd say the same for Tamina. And th- this was the time. I mean, who who else is there for Naya and Shayna now? Like, and it's not like they're dominating either. This is this is the worry. If, if they were just dominating, at least you could build up and you know you could eventually create a threat for them. But they're almost like scraping together wins as well. They're not giving Shayna any credibility whatsoever, and Naya is just a a wrecking ball. Um, but I, yeah, I, it's why people again don't care about some of the women's matches because the way they're being portrayed, I'm afraid. Unfortunately, yeah, and, and not, not much about it, um, really. Uh, up next, Kevin Owens taking on Sami Zayn, the history these two had and have, and it mainly it just feels like a good place for this to happen. You had the involvement of Logan Paul, which I'm sure is good for the, the social media uh, hits and traffic and whatnot. They went some 10 minutes. They wish they had more time, but as you know, you're going to get with these two. Match was really good. Yeah. Uh, my only disappointment with this, and I know it couldn't be done because the storyline, they didn't give it long enough, but I feel they should have built it maybe an extra two, three weeks longer, and it should have been more of a, a false count anywhere match. Or I think that's where we get the best of these two. You know, a false count anywhere, and an ODQ, something along those lines. As I mean, you wax lyrical, and what we all hoped for was the the pirate ship spot from unbelievable. From I just think it's it's what KO's good at. I mean, look at the match with Roman as well. You know, when it was throughout the the building, just give us give us an extra ten minutes and make it a an ODQ or a false count anywhere, and that way you could have had more involvement from Logan Paul or you know Sammy's camera crew, you know, following them about. I I, I guess it's harder with the with the fans being back, but. You know, we did it before, like going around the the stadium or sports like that. It's more than capable to do, especially WWE's production. My, that's my only criticism. Both guys were brilliant. I just felt we only get in ten minutes. We were almost rushed, so some some stuff didn't quite make sense, or it didn't ebb and flow the way way these two guys are are used to. But again, we go back to fourteen minutes for the women's match, and probably we could have all done with that being down to four. Give the other ten to Sammy and Kevin. So, yeah, it was it was good, but I just I hoped for better from them, and it wasn't down to their work. It was more what they were given. You know that chicken salad, chicken soup analogy. Uh, match was pretty decisive in, in terms of the finish. Um, Stunner, clean win for Owens. Uh, after the match, uh, Logan Paul tried to congratulate Kevin Owens. Sammy took offence. Logan pushed down uh, Sammy, uh, and then Owens hit Logan with a stunner. So that that'll get the mainstream. Um, outlets showing Owens hitting uh, hitting Logan with a stunner, and I guess in that sense everyone wins. Sammy gets a high profile, you know, uh, match and payday. I assume he gets a bit more fuel to the conspiracy angle. Owens picks up a win at Mania, gets a bit of spotlight with Logan Paul as a quote unquote celebrity, and WWE get publicity. So everyone kind of achieves what they set out to, I guess. Yeah, again, just another another match that done its job, um, and. Again, just sorry, Andrew, just quickly, is Sammy's done his job the last few months. He, he has been brilliant. So all, any of my criticism, is, it certainly isn't aimed at, is at the rest of us. Sammy has been brilliant. And I hope this conspiracy stuff keeps going as well. It's, it's quite funny. 
Right, up next, singles match for the United States Championship. It's Sheamus challenging Riddle. This was hard hitting. This was great. This was this is what's annoying about Riddle because when he's in the ring and he's doing what he does, you you love the guy and he's brilliant. It's then when he's the backstage stuff and then you get annoyed by it because it's like just present Riddle as a fighter. It's what he was. And Sheamus has been on fire the last few months. Yeah, probably the whole of this year. Sheamus has probably been the MVP in the men's division. Um, I, I, I could cope with the the riddle outside persona, outside the ring persona, toned down a little bit, like not as as bad as it is. If we were getting these type of matches, you know, week in week out, so we're seeing riddle just because I, I believe riddle probably is like that in real life. You know, he's a bit. Just happy-go-lucky. But we know when he gets into a fight, he can fight. Unfortunately, a lot of the guys they put him with won't be happy with receiving those type of blows. Sheamus is just a big horse and loves a fight. And that's just, this was the match that didn't let me down. This I, I had this down for, for match of the night. I think it was pipped slightly by the, by the main event. But, my God, and what a finish. I love this finish. Um, as an NXT fan yourself, Andrew, you'll you'll remember the ricochet. Was it ricochet? And uh, yeah, Adam, Cole. Adam Cole finished the moonsault yeah. into the uh, obviously into Cole was the kick. Uh, yeah. This was a, a knee, sort of bro kick or knee into the uh, into the face. Brilliant, just loved it. And the blood at the end. I mean, we don't get blood very often. I'm guessing it probably wasn't meant, but when we see it, you know, it definitely adds effect, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Okay, up next we have a Nigerian drum fight for the Intercontinental title. Uh, no idea what this was heading into it, and as it turns out, it was just no holds barred. I was actually quite disappointed um, by this. I just I expected more. Obviously, Fastlane wasn't wasn't good. I just something was off that night about it. And here, with the stipulations, no one understood. I don't know, just. Don't know what was stopping it. Don't know. These two seem to work well together. So I don't know what the difference was on this occasion. The stips probably did hurt. The fact that the drama couldn't be there because no one knew what it was going in. But yeah, it just something was was off. And that's a shame for both guys. It really is. I don't know what was wrong on this night. It was just a bad night for both guys. I don't know. Ali, what did what did you think? Yeah, I think I think we discussed this at the time. I, I, maybe these two just aren't compatible you know we've, we've seen it with others in the past that just something doesn't quite click and I feel this is two in a row now without knowing the rules when we came in it all of a sudden it just seemed to be a you know just a no DQ match really and um, with some Nigerian drums at the side um I just yeah I I'm not shocked at the the change of champion I, I didn't think it was a good match it didn't look great for for both guys uh, we obviously had the new new edition. I think you said that WWE had trademarked something uh, a few days before. So I, I'd imagine on Friday night we'll get more answers there. And I guess we'll just get another rematch at Backlash. Would you agree? Yeah, most likely. Uh, so, yeah, you said about the the finish. We saw interference from uh, someone who many people probably recognise. He was Bubba Tunde in NXT. He then was then Dabba Kato on Raw Underground. And he's now, it seems, Commander Aziz. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just... 
I don't know, it just it kind of just fit along with the match, to be honest. It was by the time the interference came, it was it was almost a and I, I hate saying this because I love Big E, but I almost didn't care. It, and I think I felt like maybe maybe it was just too much wrestling. By the time we got here, it was quite a lot all week, but this just it just didn't do it for me and the interference and the winner at the end. Uh, just I don't know, it just it was just very meh. And if this is a heel edition, why didn't they attack Big E more even after the the bell sort of thing? I don't know, it just for me it didn't work. I suppose it, it shows faith in, in Apollo if they're obviously going to bring in uh Kato and, and give him this new gimmick and this new name and give him uh maybe what end up being a stable, maybe he'll have an army, I don't know. But yeah, it Biggie deserved more than this, I think. And obviously he can't hold it up forever, but I, he didn't he didn't have that big fresh reign that I expected him to have. Yeah, I expected it to be a bit longer, but then they were put unfortunately for Big E, they were kind of pushing Apollo at the same time. So if Apollo had was lost this, he was done as well. Whereas oh, Big E at least at least Big E losing it, he could get it back. So let's say Big E fights for you know, wants his rematch and he gets it. It wouldn't hurt Apollo as much losing it at the next pay-per-view as he would have losing it, not even winning it in the first place. So at least they can build something from there. Although I'm not keen on having them back wrestling again together. But, you know, you could have Big E beating the new guy, but then you don't want him to lose too much too soon either. Maybe we can possibly see the New Day teaming back up again. Because Biggie will need help here with two on one, unless you just have Biggie as the, the the superhero good guy, you know, and and beat both of them. But then, what does that do for for both guys? Yeah, no one's really crying out for a rematch, but I suppose you're going to have to maybe have a rematch because of the interference. And yeah, do you take the belt off off the new champion straight away? Is does hot potato ever really work for a championship, especially in the mid card? There's some, so as you said originally at the, at the top of the, this sort of segment, you know, we'll probably get a lot of answers on on Friday on SmackDown and, and we kind of go from there. Right, semi main women's championship from Raw. It was Asuka defending against Ray Ripley. Ripley, of course, take two on her main roster career after the, uh, the disaster that was the Charlotte feud last year at Mania. This time they got things a lot better, didn't they? With the result, yes. I mean, I, obviously, we didn't speak about this match really at the, the time. I mean, what? I mean, I'd like to hear your thoughts on the match first. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I think it was a bit of a, a styles clash at the at the beginning of it. It kind of they took a bit of time to merge to, to come together to work, but but by the end of it, I mean, I, I thought it was a. I was really enjoying it. Anything, I wanted to go a bit longer. I mean, it went over thirteen minutes, but the fact they took time to get going, by the time they did hit their stride it kind of was ready to end. And again, we, we say 14 minutes for the women's tag team titles. Take a couple of minutes off of that and give it to these girls, these women. Uh, wouldn't have been against it, but the match I thought was really, really good. Rayo actually got a chance to show what she can do. And ask her, we know how good she is. She's been an MVP for the last 18 months, whether they know it or not. And again, she she did her job in more ways than one. And she made Rhea look good and Rhea looked, made herself look good at the same time. Yeah, I mean, what I agree, it definitely got better near the end. I just, for the first, I don't know, what did you say it went, 13 minutes? Yeah. Maybe the first eight, nine minutes, I just, 
I feel it was I was like watching two people in a performance centre. I felt there was nothing on the line, you know. There didn't seem to be any urgency. It was just kind of, as you say, it was more of feeling out and once they got to grips with each other. Um, another poorly put together match, you know, just the way Rhea comes out and, you know, points to the sign. Oh, I want you. Okay, then, no bother. Let's let's fight. It wouldn't have been fair. We, we, we spoke about this last night that I think Rhea needed to come out and squash Asuka. Just, you know, show that dominance. It wouldn't have been fair on Asuka, 100%, I get that. But I just think I would have liked to have seen more of a dominant performance from Rhea, in a way, um, rather than... I felt, at the time, I, I mean, I'd have to go back and watch again. I feel like it was almost a, a smashing grab at the end. I felt like Asuka had most of the match and, and Rhea got the win at the end. But, you know, she, she got her moment. It was nice to see some of the YouTube clips on the, the social media clips that WHB out with the reaction in the back for her as well. And... Let's see where they go. I mean, do they run this one back as well? Again, this is the a lot of questions for the whole Mania card, really, with, with the WrestleMania backlash coming up. Are we going to get a lot of rematches or, you know, different stipulation types and kill off the feuds? And I think that might help Asuka and Rias particularly because they didn't have much of a build at all. Uh, yeah, I have to think it was going to be a rematch, mainly because I don't know, unless they're going to, put Charlotte straight back in the title picture to not on Raw, which I, I can see him doing, unfortunately. I can see it. If she's if she's clear and she's good to come back, and she is, she's been backstage mm. at the Thunderdome for the last couple of weeks, I can see it. And they could go back on the last year's menu as a story, you know, over with, with the Raya thing and where Charlotte is kind of a, she isn't a heel or a face, she's a superstar. You can put her in there with heel Raya. And where there's no fans again, you don't have to worry about booze, you just pipe in the cheers for, for Charlotte. I fear we're getting Charlotte and Ripley at Backlash. Uh, if we do, and Charlotte gets that title back, Rhea needs to walk into Vince's office the next day, ask for a release, and go straight to a different company <laughs> because WWE's not the place for her. <laughs> right, time for the main event. This is the big one. And if anyone saw this past week's uh, WrestleMania SmackDown, if you weren't hyped for this after this, after that, and talking smack, my God, what is wrong with you? Uh, three incredible promos in this past week's SmackDown between Edge, Roman Reigns, and Daniel Bryan. Edge and Paul Heyman had an intense showdown on Talking Smack on the network. Go and watch it. It's the best half hour you'll spend. And they did all they could to build this one up. All the, the criticism over Edge you know, winning the Rumble and coming in, and Daniel Bryan getting another chance in the triple threat, all that got put to the wayside because these three guys went out there and they stole both nights for me, this was as close to a perfect triple threat as you can get. This was incredible. Yeah, you've, you've hit every point I was going to make, Andrew. I'm not a fan of triple threats. By God, this was great. That talking smack, the Edge Heyman one, genuinely goosebumps watching it. You know, just uh, the no microphone, which is, I'm sick of guys, especially when there's been no fans, using microphones. Why? Like, it's an empty arena. <laughs> um, but just, you know, the 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 cuddle from Heyman in that Talking Smack segment, you know, talking to him and then Heyman going over it. And as you say, the promo from Edge, you know, about the the way Roman started, um, neither of us were fans of Edge. Your, your Samoan Edge. Oh, what a line that is. Yeah, just oh, just brilliant. And, I mean, any, any person you, like me, you didn't really want Edge, you know, in the main event picture here. But, by God... That's why Edge came back, you know. It's the story. It's not. It's not actually about the title and that. It's it's creating stories and and ho- however big um, Roman was, 
before WrestleMania. By God, he's a megastar now, and he's the biggest heel in wrestling by a mile. And that popped for Edge. Like, I didn't expect... I mean, I know, obviously, we all said a year ago when he first came back, he deserved that that big mania reaction for returning. He got it last night and then some. My God, they loved him inside the Raymond James. Yeah, that was like the Hardy Boys pop from a few years ago, wasn't that it? That was. When you, when you think of the... You, have, you just... I, I now wish, you know, the stadium was full and to hear a full pop because... Yeah, they, they wanted to see Edge. And maybe we underestimated, you know, the, how much the fans wanted the back, especially in America, Andrew. Um, bearing in mind, they probably got cut short. I mean, I mean, Royal Rumble was the last big event that fans got to go to, really, when Edge returned. Um, since then, it's been... Well, I mean, you had the... Whatever the in-between Rumble and Mania last year was, but obviously nowhere near as big as a Rumble or a Mania. So that was the last big, big crowd that we had in fans wise and, and Edge obviously then got injured and such so the fans really did miss a lot of them and by God just just excellent and I mean were you shocked about the finishes I was just like how how clean and strong that they did make Roman the, the biggest shock and obviously we, we've got our group chat and everything and we we had a um, look at predictions um, that we went obviously we, we went on uh, on the on the preview show uh myself you know and, and others we we looked at our me and Martin we looked and Ross even we we sort of disclosed our predictions and I was speaking to to Ed what again one of our sort of contributors um on the chat this morning and we said how weird it was that out of eight of us that made predictions nobody predicted Roman Reigns to win yeah and this is no. the biggest star in the company and we all brought into the Daniel Bryan romance story. We all brought into Edge politicking his way to the championship. We all brought into all those. And no one at any point put their money down and went, Roman Reigns is my guy. And why didn't we? I just, if this had been one-on-one with either guy, my money was on Roman. I just, I didn't see Roman losing. I just didn't see him winning. And that's, that's, where the line were drawn, they, you know, this is again. Let's take take it back to the child in you, Andrew. This is why we love wrestling. You yeah. know, it's the it's the unpredictability. When we can predict, if you can do a mania with ten matches and you predict all ten right, WWE's doing its job wrong. Yeah, do you know what I mean. Exactly. We want surprises. We want those moments. And and by God, that was it. And even at the end, the booze at the end and that just that strong finish. And I mean, for anybody who didn't see and you're still listening, I don't know why you're listening because we're ruining the whole show for you. But the edge giving Daniel Bryan the concerto and then Brian, uh, Roman, did he spear him first? Yeah. And then hit Edge with the concerto, dragged him over Brian's body and pinned both of them. Just how do you make a bad guy look strong? That, like for that, so many years, we criticized WWE for getting Roman wrong, and they they booked him so hard, and it was it was the right way to do it, but they did it wrong at the same time. Whereas last night, for probably the first time ever, they were in tune and they got it right. And obviously, Roman being a heel helps now, but that is how you treat Roman Reigns. That's how you book Roman Reigns. That is how you take the biggest star you've got. Forget about Hollywood. Forget about you know legends and forget about all the type of stuff they base their top line main event guys on. 
This is Roman Reigns. This is a man that beat cancer. This is a man that carried the company through the pandemic once he returned. And since he returned last SummerSlam in August, he has been, forget the, the couch at the tribal chief and the big dog and the head of the table. This guy has literally carried SmackDown, nay, the company on his shoulders since since August and since he won the championship. And last night was the crowning moment for me. This made Roman more than anything ever has. And we said it earlier, he was next to Vince at the start of night one. He is in that very inner circle of they... Roman is the guy, the big dog. He is everything within that company as a shoot. And that finish told me that he ain't losing the belt for a long, long time. No, absolutely not. There's there's no one who's going to come near to take it off on now. Uh, if it was going to get taken, as we said, it was going to be last night, where a way that you could lose it without somebody taking it off him. I, I still put it down there. I think we can get to our next mania. I think we said it. I don't know when the last time we did a, either a review or a preview show. I can't remember what show. But I, I said, keep the title on Roman all the way till you can get the rock back and have that at mania. And that's your main event. This is their first chance they've got to beat CM Punk's long, long-standing WWE champion. But I'm not saying because they can be petty and they, what, they don't want Punk to be that guy because, you know, whatever. But Roman as a heel, can now be the longest reign WWE champion in history because I wouldn't take the belt off him. If you keep him as this character with Heyman, with Jay, maybe with Jimmy when he comes back and you form that stable, this guy should be unbeaten and he should go. And if it takes The Rock to be the one to do it, and as much as I'm not advocating The Rock to win the championship at this stage, if The Rock is the one, and hey, fuck it, he should lose to The Rock. He should beat The Rock because he is the head of the team. He's the tribal chief. The Rock is the guy when it comes to Samoan wrestlers. That's the way they've painted it for years and years. You've got that big family tree and The Rock's at the top almost. When the yeah. time comes for Rock to come in in front of 75 plus thousand fans at WrestleMania, The Rock has to do what the right thing is, and that is to lay down for Roman and you make him an absolute bona fide all-timer and that started last night for me i i i agree and th- and this is where this is where a long-term storyline comes into play I, I think you said that you were quite done with the money in the bank which i can understand why right yeah but plan your money in the bank right give it to somebody credible a really good heel okay you're at the stage roman's going to be at that stage where he's going to be so heelish that he could turn babyface, you know, because he's going to be so popular. And it's going to be that natural babyface where Roman then becomes, he's already the biggest star in the company, right? But then he becomes your global star. He becomes what The Rock became, okay? So you go all the way. Rock does the job at Mania next year, okay? Once and for all, finally, Roman is full-on tribal chief, head of the table. He's the king of the Simones. The Rock's now done for good. You know, we don't need to see the wrong back in the ring. We've now got that outer system. He beats him. Out comes your heel, your dastardly new heel. You know, Miz-esque when Miz was at his peak heelish. Beat the rock. Beat Roman as he's as he's just surviving, you know, that match with the rock. It doesn't then hurt Roman. You know, he's not losing a clean match. 
And then he's got that sympathetic, you know, like the rated R, you know, the way Edge became that full-on heel when he yep. cashed in at the wrong time. Make the money in the bank mean something again. Make it credible. Tell me a better way to do it than that. There isn't. And if, if they could exercise caution and long-term storytelling, then the option's there to do it. Now, obviously, next year's mania is in Texas. Now, The Rock ain't working in Texas. He's working in LA and LA only, which means you That's hold off. Years, That's two years. Do you keep the belt on Roman for two years? More than what he has been champion? It seems a lot, but who, who else could take it just now? The good thing is the story's there where he doesn't work unless he, the character, he doesn't work unless he wants to. So you could have him not work half the pay-per-views. We have enough titles that we don't need them to work either. You know, it's not needed. And then you could have the rest of SmackDown. Okay, it does mean that you've got a rather aimless upper mid card where there's no champion to... But you could have him where it then makes his matches must-see because he rarely works. So don't have him work every month. You have him work every two, three months. The big, big shows, the, the marquee shows, the Rumbles, Mania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. You work the big four and a yeah. couple of the other small ones. And you just do that and you have him pull that stroke where I'm not going to work. I don't want to. And Heyman gets that way, you know. And then you could drag it for two years till the Rock's, until the Rock's able to come back or wants to come back. But right now, I wouldn't even think about someone to take that belt off Roman because... Roman works as champion. This character doesn't work if he's not the champion. And there's so much more they can tell with this character yet. Yeah, I think so. As you say, I, I love putting together the Jimmy and Jay when Jimmy's back as well. I think the groups there that can protect Roman, I think we'll get a good story when Brock comes eventually comes back as well. You could you could possibly have a, some sort of story there because of, of Paul. Um, maybe eventually Paul's not there. You know, Paul breaks away from Roman and just leaves Roman, you know, on his own own now. Um, Maybe more, you know, helps in the background and continues to liaise, but we don't need him on the screen as much because he's, you know, he's slowly getting stronger and stronger. He's Because he has been quite weaselly in a way in some of his matches, you know, just, you know, with the low blows at the beginning and, and mm -hmm. such. You know, he was doing the heel properly. You know, he just... He's just great. Like I've always been a Roman fan in the ring. I, I hated the way he was portrayed, obviously. Um a bit a bit Cena esque, as we said, but for what he's done and, and since and uh, I you said two years basically for, for earlier. Uh, right now, unless somebody steps up and starts doing big things, yeah, just leave it on him. Let let him have this record. I mean name there's no other superstar that deserves it you know, to have that such a reign. That was Mania. Uh, straight away, first question, night one or night two, what was better for you? Uh, night one, yourself? Absolutely night one. Uh, it was better than I thought it would be. It went by at a great pace. Night two wasn't bad. You know, uh, Sheamus and Riddle was good. Apollo and Big E didn't quite work out. Rhea, and Ripley, Rhea Ripley and Asuka was really good. I enjoyed that. Owens and Zami was good for the, for the nine minutes they got. And the main event, was was the sh the match of the entire card mania night one night two for me that main event roman uh edge and brian stole both shows and that was the, the match of mania very quickly because obviously we've seen a whole lot of wrestling this week uh taken in xc uk to, uh, prelude and both nights of takeover and both nights of mania what's been your match of the week 
Oh, um, I'm going to get. I'm going to give you two. Um, my, my match of the week has got to be, and I'd imagine it was yours as well. Still, Champa Walter. Um, but I, I do want to give an honourable mention to the to the tag match of AJ and Almas and, and Woods and Kofi. I, I do have a soft spot for tag team matches, and I, I just thought this was it was just one of those matches that was just perfectly put together. Um, I mean, yourself was it the was it the Walter and Champa? Here's the thing: the answer would ch- could change on a daily basis, and if you said to me my favourite match was of Walter or Champa or Roman versus Ed versus Brian, I couldn't argue with you because you're right on both. And on one day, I could think Champa Walter was better. On the other day, I could think the main triple threat was better. Th- that's how good I thought both those were. Up until last night, Walter and Champa took it relatively easily. They had they had that honour. That, that triple threat, that main event with Edge looking... And we did we didn't say it when we were covering it a few minutes ago. Edge looked like the old Edge as much as he could at this point in his career. And now he's not the champion and he shouldn't be the champion because Roman shouldn't be losing that belt any time. I I I'm okay with this Edge being back. And if he can work at a relatively regular schedule, you know, from what he can do, I'm okay with him being back. Because I, I love Edge and I missed Edge for all the time he was gone. And I wanted to see him come back. And he's back now. And we should just enjoy that, I guess. Daniel Bryan looks like he's on the way out, and that's obviously going to be a loss to, to the main event picture, but he's going out on his own terms. He gets to WrestleMania you know, at the end of his career, and he gets to put people over, which is what he likes to do. And these three put on a match which will go down in history as one of the best in Mania for me. Yeah, just just, just on edge. I, I, I'm the same as you. I, I kind of, I was almost done with him. I, I think Ross said it. Where you guys, when you did the the preview, that he was almost he, he didn't want to see Edge back. It was good to good for him to come back, get the rumble and get the pop and almost get out of his system. But I'm okay with him coming back if we keep getting stories like this. He, I mean, he shut me up. He proved me wrong. It wasn't all about him and all about the title. And it is just creating story. And why do we love wrestling? The storytelling inside. Yeah. So if we can keep it going, as you say, we we want to see it regularly. It can't just be, you know, once every couple of pay per views. Sort of thing. Let's 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 get a story. It doesn't have to be wrestling all the time, as we've seen on Talking Smack. Give him a microphone. Edge over the, the the time has become an incredible promo. And yeah, as Talking Smack shows, you just said he doesn't need to wrestle month in month out. And I don't want him to wrestle months in month out. He he is he is a special attraction at this point, but he can work more than your you know your Brock Lesnar's and stuff. But just because he can work more doesn't mean he should. He can tell yeah. the story in promos and segments. And then save the wrestling for the for the big pay per views and you know the, the bigger of the smaller pay per views as well. So, you know, like Man in the Bank, for example, he could wrestle Man in the Bank, and then the big shows as well. So, yeah, it, it ended on a high. Night Night Two wasn't as good. There was more ups and downs, but those three guys made sure it end on a, on a high. Walter and Champa stole NXT Takeover both nights. Give me Walter versus Roman. I don't want it because I don't want Avagar to lose. But give me Walter versus Roman. That just I'd, I'd take that and there's so much they can do right now the company's in a good place I feel they're going back to the Thunderdome which does affect things from a, a viewing point of, point of view but in ring they're looking pretty fucking strong right now absolutely I mean just even Raw last week was good I mean Raw NXT on a Tuesday now as, as you mentioned and, and Smackdown it's, it's just set up to be good again for WWE and Let's, let's hope they don't waste what a good weekend 
good week, sorry, of WrestleMania that they've had. And by next year, hopefully we can, us guys at, at Ring the Bell can get together and obviously we'll, we'll hopefully got crowds back together and we get a proper weekend and proper Hall of Fame and such. And hopefully now we're on a, you know, the, the sun is shining in the, in the horizon, as they say. And Okay, that was the granddaddy of them all, the grandest stage of them all, the biggest event of the year. That was WrestleMania. If you have any thoughts, feelings, opinions, uh, what we said, disagree, agree, anything else, you can contact us in a multitude of ways on Facebook at Ring the Bell Show, on Twitter and Instagram at Ring the Bell Pod. The email address is ringthebellpod at gmail.com. You can also go on to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. If you also want to give us a five-star rating, that would help us out in the best way possible. And last, you can share, recommend, subscribe uh, to us at many, many places. Just a few off the top of my head. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, TuneIn. If a place does podcasts, you will find Ring the Bell there. Thank you for this week. We have been hitting you with content. Thank you so much for all that have listened, downloaded, and commented. We have brought you WrestleMania Preview. We have brought you NXT UK Prelude Review. We have brought you two notes of NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. And we've now brought you WrestleMania 37. There may be more to come. Obviously, we've got the Raw After Mania tonight. If that is a, a huge show with many, many newsworthy events and moments and happenings, we may bring you a review of that show as well. We have so much flexibility at the moment with Ring the Bell. And thank you, Ali, and thank you, Martin, who was on the show earlier, and Ross, who obviously have all jumped on various occasions to help over the last week. It is much appreciated. Thank you to you all. Thank you to you all, listeners. Ali, anything else to say before we ride off into the sunset? Ali, guys, you're thanking everybody. I mean, I can speak behalf on Martin, Ross, and, and myself. And just a massive thank you to me, you, mate, for all the, the time you're putting in, for all the edit and all the images that you're creating. I mean, none of this is possible without yourself. We're just we're just little contributors who get to talk about something we love. All the work's done by yourself. So again, thank you for having me and thanks for everything that you're doing, pal. We are a team effort here. We'll continue being a team effort long into the future. Thank you once again to all of you and to you, the listeners. Without you, couldn't do it. It's as simple as it. If you ain't listening, there's no point us doing it. So you keep listening, we'll keep doing it. This has been Ring the Bell. This has been WrestleMania. This has been a hell of a week. May we get many, many more like this. But for now, I have been Andrew. And I've been Ali. Andrew? Yes. Ring that bell. <laughs> <laughs>